Paranorm podcast contains content that might not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Paranorm Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Paranorm, the podcast where we chat all things true crime and paranormal. I'm Emily. I'm Sierra. And this week we are chatting some Halloween-related craziness. Ooh. I feel like that's the best way, like slash only way to describe it. Okay. Um, but before, but 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 first, but but first, um, sure. Uh, how we be? How are we? It's a lot. Uh, well, considering there was at least one day this week where none of us went to work. Oh, yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> Not a one of us. Yeah. Um, but I think after that day, like, Monday, Tuesday, I was just like, ugh. And then after Wednesday, I felt much better, like, just about my li- myself. Not my life, but myself. Yeah. And so I think that was okay. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's Saturday. It does not feel like Saturday to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Not really, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, I am. I am solidly booked this weekend. Yeah, you are. Um, this is my two and a half hour break, and we're using it to record. So, love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, literally, have been up since five a.m. and not a happy camper at the moment. But it is what it is. Let's talk about something that's going to make me happy. <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. So, um, crimes apparently or like supposedly spike on Halloween. Like you've heard mm-hmm. that, right? Like, yeah. Um, but is that true? What do I you mean, think? are you and your family in more danger on this day than any other? Do you think? Uh, Probably not. I think, like, if anything, like, petty crimes, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, any time alcohol use increases, as it does on Halloween, mm-hmm. because, you know, parties. Like, on, like, New Year's, the 4th of July, and even Christmas, mm-hmm. um, so do the chances of crime and accidents, because, obviously, it's fucking alcohol added to a mixture of large groups of people getting together. Um, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, holy fucking shit, <laughs> um, found that on Halloween nights between 2009 and 2013, over 40% of deaths were caused by a vehicle involved a driver who had been drinking. Mm. Um, parties where alcohol is served are more common, and as harsh as it, as it sounds, when the roads are wet and the streets are more crowded than usual, the chances a drunk driver will hit and injure someone are much higher. Like, yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, also, crime, like, increases between the hours of 7 p.m. and 1 a.m. Because uh, st- statistically, most people are, like, unlike the weekends, are out, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, it peaks at about 9, er, not 9 p.m. It peaks about 10 p.m. The time's also favored by, like, trick-or-treaters. Like, around, like, 8 p.m. right when it gets dark, you know? Yeah. Um. However, it's not just violent crimes that increase on this holiday. According to data inquired by Travelers Insurance, in 2016, crime-related insurance claims spiked 24% oh, man. on October 31st. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, it is. So what do you think? You said, pe- like, petty crime. Yeah. It's the number one type of criminal activity for Halloween. I would say so. So the number one cause of, like, or, like, 
crime would be property crime, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because like vandalism is indeed common. So 60% of these claims involved theft from a home, including breaking and entering and whether you're there or not. Okay. Now that we've talked about like crime statistics for Halloween, we are going to talk about crimes that have been committed on Halloween. Okay. Um, more specifically, uh, murders that have happened <laughs> on Halloween. <laughs> um, I don't know why I get so excited about it, but I do. <laughs> um, so, but before, I know I told you this this fact earlier, but okay. I we learned a fact together today mm-hmm. yeah. that the deadliest of all of the holidays is Memorial Day, mm-hmm. which is so crazy to me. Um, I even called my dad and asked him, and he thought it was New Year's. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he said Christmas. He believed it was Christmas, oh, okay. which I thought it was. I think I said it was Christmas too. Yeah, that was. You know, you said New Year's, and then mm-hmm. you're like, oh, maybe Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um, so it's definitely very interesting to me. Memorial Day would be the one with the highest. Death I guess rate. like you combine alcohol, travel, and fireworks, and then um, like the veterans. Yeah. Like just kind of thinking about it more, you yeah. know. Because mm-hmm. um, what is and, it? And like other 20... people thinking about their. Yeah. What is mm-hmm. it like? Twenty veterans a day uh, complete suicide. That um, I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I don't think know. that's what my dad told me. Mm-hmm. Um, because my dad's a veteran. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, let's get into... My hair just scared the shit out of me, y'all. I thought there was a fucking bug on me. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought... Honestly, I thought this was a bug. Um, yeah. Yeah, you see that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like one little strand. Like, on separate. my headphones. Oh, God. I about had a heart attack. So, these are all very short little dives. Okay. Like, gotcha. Not too many details. Yeah, just a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah, like, yeah. this is what happened. This is what happened. This is the results. Okay. Um, because, a, like, a lot of these cases, there are, like, entire fucking podcasts right. on. yeah, okay. Um, but I just, I just found it very gonna, interesting. like, put it all into one, and if you find one that's really interesting, you can go, like, find yeah, yeah, more yeah, yeah, information yeah. on and it. And obviously, I'll have all my sources listed, um, but anyway, on a Halloween in 1974, eight-year-old Timothy O'Brien returned to his Houston home from a long night of trick-or-treating, which is just so precious. Um, his father, Ronald, gave him one last piece of candy, a pixie stick, which Timothy ate instantly. Oh, no. You know what pixie sticks are, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like the candy straw things? Yeah. Um, which my brother was not allowed to have, Grayson, because he, like, you gave him, like, one piece of sugar and he was, like, gone, bouncing like off the bouncing. walls. <laughs> yeah. Um, so within moments, the boy was vomiting and he died on the way to the hospital. After changing his story multiple times, police learned that Ronald was responsible for his son's death and he had poisoned the candy with cyanide. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So fucking at this time, the um like Houston community is freaking the fuck out because right. they hadn't they hadn't thought the dad did it. Yeah. So like everybody's like checking their candy because like you know how like there's like the urban legends of like people finding razor mm. blades and stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, this was like actually like an actual yeah, thing. Yeah, because what if he gave candy like that to other kids? Yeah, exactly. Um, so turns out Ronald was in debt and had taken out a life insurance policy on his children. Mm. Um, a year later, he was found guilty of the murder and he was given the death death penalty. Death penalty. There we go. Death <laughs> penalty by lethal injection. Um, the which is, like, one of the main reasons parents check their kids' candy now is because mm-hmm. of that story. Oh, okay. That and then the made-up razor blade one, which yeah. has never happened. Um, 
I, ch- I checked multiple times. Okay. <laughs> um, and if it has, it's been very underreported. And mm. I do believe if that happened, it would be. Yeah. There is like a video online where a lady finds like a, like a needle or something. Not a needle, like a syringe needle, but like a, mm-hmm. like a sewing needle kind of thing. Hmm. And a Twizzler. But whether it was real or not, I don't really know. So that's 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 our first tale. Okay. Next we have Leslie Mazarona, Adrian Ingsana, and their friend Lauren Minza were busy handing out candy to trick-or-treaters at their Napa, California home on Halloween night 2004. At around 11 p.m., the three women went to bed, and um, Minza was awoken to a scream from the upstairs bedroom. She ran out of the house and drove away, leaving her two friends behind. What? Okay. Mm-hmm. Flight? Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, Sierra came in my bedroom the other day, y'all, and I was coming out of my bathroom because I have my own bathroom in my bedrooms, mm-hmm. and, like, I can't really hear anything when I'm in there because, like, most of the time my fan's on, like, my bedroom mm-hmm. fan is on, and it's pretty loud. Sorry, I did not mean to hit you guys in the air just now. Um, so, like, I'm coming out of my bedroom, and I did not know that she was home. And all of a sudden, I look up, and there is someone standing in my bedroom who was not supposed to be there because I am home alone. And I bring my fist up ready to fight. <laughs> Luckily, the recognition kicked in. Yeah, the recognition kicked in pretty quickly, but, like, I was prepared to fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, uh, Lauren was not. Lauren was ready to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Um, so Mazara and Ingsongna, both 26, were stabbed to death upstairs. Mm. Now, there weren't very many, like, leads because, like, it's a random fucking stabbing. Mm-hmm. It's in 2004, so there was, like, a little bit of, like, forensics countermeasures made. Um, but there wasn't, like, a whole lot to go on until Eric Matthew Copel, a friend of one of the victims eventually turned himself in and mm. confessed to the murders, but he never told anyone why he did it. Huh. There's no fucking mo- Like, motive. I did it, but... Yeah. Um, so he is currently serving a life sentence without the possibility of parole. Wow. Is that not crazy? That is crazy. Um, so the night before Halloween in 1975... 15-year-old Martha Moxley left her Connecticut home to attend a costume party. Okay. Um, on Halloween morning, she was found dead in the backyard, beaten to death by a golf club. Of the costume party or her home? The costume party. Okay. This case went unsolved for 25 years. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So, um, later, 25 years later, mm-hmm. Michael Sk- Skackle... Um, who was also 15 at the time, was convicted of the murder and sentenced to 20 years to life in prison. Mm -hmm. However, he maintained his innocence, and on May 4th, 2018, the Connecticut Supreme Court vacated his conviction, and in 2020, CNN reported that the case was reopened to the public. Wow. So it remains unsolved. Huh. Like, that's so weird. One, that a 15-year-old would... Kill another 15-year-old with a golf club. That is weird. That is weird to me. I you feel know? like there's a lot easier weapons for a 15-year-old. Like, unless it was, like, a spur-of-the-moment rage thing or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, crime of passion or whatever. But, like, that just seems really weird. It does seem very strange. Um, so, you ready for some more mispronouncing of people's names? 
Always. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. All right. It's kind of my specialty. <laughs> um, so Yoshihiro okay. um, Hattori was a Japanese exchange student living in Baton Rouge as a part of the American Field Service Program. Mm-hmm. On Halloween night, 1992, Hattori and the young son of his host family went to a Halloween party for AFS students. Mm-hmm. Um, unfamiliar with the neighborhood where the party was, the boys rang the doorbell of the wrong house. Oh, no. When they got no answer, they started walking back to the car. The owner of the home, Rodney Pierce, then opened the door armed with a 44 Magnum, which is a big gun. Right, but like what? Hattori turned around and said, we're here for the party. Claiming he feared for his life and that the exchange student was scary, Pierce shot Hattori, <laughs> ending his life. That makes total sense. Mm-hmm. I totally believe you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Only when both the governor of Louisiana and the Japanese consulate got involved was Pierce arrested. What the heck? Yeah. After which he was acquitted of manslaughter. How is that even possible? Because he's a white man in Louisiana. Still. Mm-hmm. Like, let me just add, Hattori was not very big. He was very skinny. Like, he wasn't intimidating. Like, they were walking away. Right. And, like, they're children. Yes. And you, as a grown man with the gun. Yeah. Scared for your life, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. A very large gun. A forty-four Magnum is not a small gun. Like. Yeah. It gets worse. Not, not this case. That right. case doesn't that's, get worse. That's the end of but that my, one. But my list gets worse. Oh, my God. <laughs> Much worse. Um, sometime in the early hours of Halloween 1981, Manhattan couple Ronald Seisman and Elizabeth... Elizabeth. Oh. I'm inventing new names now. <laughs> um, Elizabeth Platzman were slain in their Chelsea apartment. The couple was severely beaten before being shot execution style, which is, I feel like is how I would like to be shot. Mm. You know, because it's pretty much instant. Right, yeah. Because, like, if you get shot in the chest or the stomach, you bleed out. Right. Yeah, I get you. Okay, so the apartment was completely ransacked. New York police initially believed drug money to be the motive, but then the case took a turn for the bizarre. A prison informant claimed that one of his fellow inmates had predicted the crime weeks before it had actually happened. Okay. So that inmate turned out to be the son of Sam killer, David Berkowitz. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Berkowitz had a l- checkered history. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, son of yeah. Sam. That's right. a, a, a big serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, Berkowitz had long been rumored to be involved with like a satanic cult that helped him with some of his like murders. Mm-hmm. Um, according to the informant, Berkowitz had told him that his cult was planning to enter a residence near Greenwich Village. Um, Chelsea would qualify for oh, that. Okay, gotcha. Um, which I did not know. I had to Google. I wouldn't have either. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know much about that place. <laughs> no. So on Halloween to carry out like it was like around Halloween. It needed to be on Halloween to carry out a um, ritual. Uh, okay, yeah. 
Um, when questioned, Berkowitz claimed that Seisman had footage of one of the Son of Sam shootings and was planning to hand it over to the authorities in exchange for dropping some controlled substance charges. Mm. Um, while no evidence was found to support Berkowitz's claims, he was basically right about the description of Seisman's apartment. Mm. Uh, the crime is still unsolved. So they don't know. They don't know. No. Like, they can... But they know. They, yeah. And they don't, like, know which people like, yeah. were actually involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, now this one, this next case, a little bit of a clusterfuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a lot of players. Okay. okay. All right. Um, so, Los Angeles hairstylist Peter Fabiano was slain on Halloween night, 1957. He opened his door for what he thought was a trick-or-treater, but was actually a grown-up in a costume. The adult shot Fabiano in the chest with a 22 in a brown paper bag before fleeing the scene. Several weeks later, Goldine Pizer and Joan Rabble were arrested in what turned out to be a plotted crime of passion. Pizer was friends or possibly in a relationship with Rabble, and Rabble was also apparently in love with Fabiano's wife, Betty. Oh. Um, the two women conspired to get Peter out of the equation, and Rabble bought a sidearm for Pizer to shoot Peter with. The arrest kicked off a firestorm of lurid co- coverage as lesbians were seen as, like, abnormal monsters mm. with dangerous urges. Um, oh, wait, that's men, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh. <laughs> the two pled guilty and served long prison terms. Um... But it kind of, like, played into the fact that, like, lesbians and gay people were, like, demonic Mm. and, like, had no control over their rage, especially women. And, again, it was 57. So, yeah, we just can't control our emotions, Sierra. Mm. Especially the gays. (laughs) I mean, Mm. God, just what 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 are we gays thinking? What is the world coming to? <laughs> so, all right. Now we're moving on to 2008. We're just jumping all over the timeline. I should have probably put these in, um, in I like... I thought that that's what you were doing. Numerical. At first. Order. Your, is that right? Numerical? Chronological. Chronological. Thank you. Um, but I'm tired, and I really didn't th- fucking think of it until like two seconds ago. So mm. you guys just get to time travel, and you're going to have to fucking deal with it. You know how, okay, you you probably don't know, but on, and that's why we drink, M can never, like, go level by level of a building. They (laughs) literally will go from level, like, two to level seven, and then back down to three, and Mm -hmm. then up to level ten, like, never. So, (laughs) I just can't do chronological dates, apparently. Okay. (laughs) Um, It's fine. So, on Halloween night in 2008, convicted drug dealer Quentin Patrick of Sumner, South Carolina. Mm. Mm-hmm. We've been there. <laughs> he heard a knock at his door. Okay. Um, assuming it was a rival gang members, he but- grabbed... <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Assuming it was rival gang members, he grabbed his full automatic AK-47 and blasted at least 29 bullets through the front door at them. 11 of those bullets hit 12-year-old trick-or-treater T.J. Derisaw, killing him instantly. T.J.'s father and younger brother were also hit, but survived. I bet he left his porch light on, too. 
Although he had previously served separate prison sentences, one for stabbing a woman Mm -hmm. and the other for murdering one. Like. How is he even out? Mm hmm. An assault right for sure. Okay. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Convicted drug dealer, and he has an assault rifle. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, next man, John D. White, was on parole for guess what? Well, guess what he did? He killed a woman and stabbed a woman. Oh, nice. And he was on parole. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not a danger to society at all. No, but you know who is? The gays. The gays. We're, we're, we're a true menace. Or, um... Petty drug criminals, mm. you know, they should really be serving like 30 plus years in prison for having an ounce of weed on them. I really hope you guys understand I'm being heavily sarcastic. Do not email me. I'm in a mood. Um, so he was <laughs> he was paroled and became a pastor oh, of a small Michigan church. Hmm. Living in a trailer park, he became romantically... <laughs> Oh my God. Nothing's wrong with trailer parts. We are not <laughs> laughing at trailer parts. We're um, laughing at the situation. So, living in a trailer park, he became romantically involved with a female resident aged few trailers down, and he would frequently babysit the woman's three-year-old grandson. On Halloween night 2012, while the three-year-old boy was in the trailer, White knocked the boy's mother out with a rubber mallet and strangled her to death with a plastic zip tie. He stuffed her in a garbage bag and dumped her in the woods. He then returned to the trailer, dressed the boy in a Halloween costume, whereupon the boy's father came by to pick him up. For After- casual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, jeez. It gets worse. Um, after being arrested for murder for mm-hmm. the um, second time... Uh, White told police his crime was a part of a lingering fantasy to have sex with a corpse, but that he had forgot whether or not he completed the act. What? He forgot whether or not he was he completed the act of necrophilia. How do you forget if you completed the act of necrophilia? I mean, if you're high or something, maybe. But like, oh God. people are the worst. Hmm. Just like the episode of Supernatural that we recently watched. Or Our other roommate is making uh, Sierra watch Supernatural because she has never seen the entire series. Um, and both Chloe and I have been obsessed with Supernatural. I literally, the only reason I was allowed to stay up when I was little was so I could watch Supernatural episodes because they came on at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. and that was my bedtime. Mm. But anyways, we've recently watched the episode where the people hunt the people. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like ghosts, demons, like we can deal with that because they usually have order. Yep. You know, and they're doing it like because of that. But like humans, they're just like, that doesn't even make sense. Why would you? You are a human and yet you're hunting other humans for fun. Yep. And take pleasure in that. It's like people are freaking crazy. We need to watch Squid Game together because it is so fucking good. If you guys have not seen Squid Game already, you need to watch it because I thought it was going to be some like overhyped bullshit, but mm-hmm. it is intense and I love it. I heard that he wrote it like 10 years ago. Yeah, and it got rejected by every major studio. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Um, and it's, it's a mind fuck. Okay, anyway, so next case. From all available evidence, Johnny Lee Garrett got three first names 
as his name, um, endured a brutal childhood of physical torture and sexual abuse that rendered him psychotic and brain damaged. This is the article's words, not mine. Okay. Um, After examining him, one psychologist said that Garrett's life story was, quote, one of the most violent histories of abuse and neglect I have encountered in 28 years of practice. And what is my favorite That's your favorite line. Oh, my God. I love that. (laughs) Guys, like, I am obsessed when I'm watching, like, any kind of documentary. And they're like, in my 38 years of being a police officer. (laughs) just cracks me up every single time. Yeah. I'm like, is it, though, honey? (laughs) Or did you hear somebody else say that and said, oh, that sounds good. Let me take that. (laughs) Oh, my God. And it's usually some, like, old white fat man with a very heavily... Like southern accent, mm. sitting kind of like halfway in his chair, like he he has his hand a certain way, positioned out. Like I fucking love it. It just <laughs> makes me smile every single time. Um, so anyway, in 1981, when Garrett was 17, a 76 year old nun in Amarillo, Texas, was raped and stabbed to death in the early morning hours of Halloween. Garrett's fingerprints were found on her headboard, and in a statement that he refused to sign, police quote him as confessing to the murder. Quote, there was a nun in bed, and she acted as if she was going to scream. I covered her mouth so she couldn't make any noise. I started choking her until she passed out. I had sex with her. I left the convent the way I came in. Garrett later denied murdering her and instead claimed to have burglarized the covenant a few days before Halloween. Still, he was convicted of murder and sentenced to death. Although it seemed like an open and shut case, details emerged that cast doubt on Garrett's culpability. Such uh, details include a prosecutor who wound up killing himself, um, a forensic investigator who was convicted of falsifying evidence in multiple cases, Mm -hmm. and a convicted murderer who told police that he was the one that raped and killed the nun. Hmm. So he's saying that his fingerprints got there from when he burglarized it. Yeah. Okay. Like, why would you admit to robbing a place knowing the fact that there was someone murdered? I guess, like, he, like, maybe he thought if he told them, like, the reason why his fingerprints would be there, they would, like, move on from him. Yeah. So the doubt was so formidable that even the Pope petitioned the Texas governor not to execute Garrett for the nun's murder. Mm-hmm. Um, but after a brief reprieve, Garrett was executed in 1992. Mm. We'll never know, I guess. Okay, so Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris were known as the toolbox killers because they routinely employed implements such as, like, pliers, hammers, screwdrivers, any kind of thing you'd find in a toolbox mm-hmm. um, to commit their vicious crimes because they would kidnap, rape, torture, and murder five teenage girls in California in 1979. Mm. Uh, The last three of these murders, that of 16-year-old Shirley Ledford, occurred after they spotted Ledford hitchhiking home from a Halloween party. They picked her up in a van, and over the course of hours, they bound and gagged her, smashed her elbow repeatedly with a hammer, sodomized her with the pliers, and finally strangled her to death with a wire coat hanger before dumping her on a random front lawn. Oh, my goodness. The sirens agree. I don't know if you guys can hear the sirens, but sirens are going off, and they're like, holy fucking shit, man. Um, But 
During the course of Ledford's murder, they tape recorded themselves taunting her while she screamed for mercy. Um, Norris was later quoted as saying, quote, We've all heard women scream in horror films. Still, we know that no one is really screaming. Why? Simply because an actress can't produce some sounds that convince us that something vile and heinous is happening. If you've ever heard that tape, there's just no possible way that you'd not begin to cry and tremble. I doubt you could listen to more than full, a full 60 seconds of it. So a true fucking psychopath. Wow. Mm-hmm. Our next case, Jeremy Brian Jones was a drifter and self-proclaimed ladies' man. Gag. Yes. Who was raised in Oklahoma but wound up in Georgia. He eventually befriended it. Befriended? Oh. Befriended. We're going with it. We're what? Befriended. Befriended. Okay, mm-hmm. there we go. I got it this time. A woman who allowed him to stay over at her home. No. Uh-huh. On Halloween night 2012, after dolling up the women's 12-year-old son and the boy's uh, friend in makeup so they resembled Ace Verheely and Gene Simmons of Kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jones went to the popper, popular tavern in Douglasville, Georgia, where he stabbed a woman wearing a Betty Boop costume to death in the parking lot. Casual. Mm-hmm. You know, get the kids ready for Halloween, then go murder somebody. Right. Sounds about right. Like, what? <laughs> yep. Um... So our final case. Okay. This is this is the one that I just I don't <laughs> <laughs> On Chicago's South Side in 2011, 55-year-old Little Peoples blamed his girlfriend for stealing his bag of Halloween treats. Oh my god. An argument ensued and 49-year-old Maria Adams threw a plate at Peoples' head, which struck him above the eye and caused a gash. Peoples then grabbed a knife and stabbed her multiple times, killing her. Over candy. Over a bag of Halloween candy. Like, not even good candy. Not even good candy. That is insane. Yeah. Like, maybe $10 worth of candy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is my cases. This oh is God. why people are the actual worst and have officially became the actual worst forever. It is it is insane what people will do to each other. It is over a bag of fucking candy. Like over anything. Like it does like it is just mind boggling. And how they can just go about their business. Yeah, and then just like like one second it's casual, the second ca- second it's murder, then it's back to casual again. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just living my life. Yep. Like what? Yep. That's insane. It is. It's terrifying to think that like all these things happened on like the same day. You know? Isn't it though? Can you imagine like if you gathered like different like all of them from the same year? Like, how many, like, because obviously a lot of people die on those days, you said. Yeah. And in, even Memorial Day, like, you would gather, like, all of the crimes that happened on one single day. I feel like that would be a whole nother podcast. One single year? Yeah. Like, what? I feel like you can make a whole podcast out of that. Yeah. And you just, like, go through different days of the year. Mm-hmm. And you could, like. Like, how History Channel has t- this day in history. Yeah, basically. <laughs> this day in crime. Yeah. Tam, that's our idea. Don't fucking steal it. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so um, people are fucked up every day of the year, but apparently they're not completely, 
more fucked up on Halloween. Apparently, Memorial Day is wild and wow, which is insane. It is. It really is. Wow. But yep, we will be back in y'all's ears next week. Yep. For our final Halloween themed episode. Yeah. Spooky season themed episode. Yeah. Spooky season. Maybe I might throw y'all another one. Who's who knows. Yet to be determined. Yet to be determined. Actually, it's already <laughs> been determined, but I haven't decided. <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. What? <laughs> it's, anyway, it's, it's news for me. Whatever. N- whatever it is, it's news to Sierra. But yeah. that's only because she partly listens to me half the time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You do. You fucking forgot me the other week. Oh my gosh. You need to get over that. I'm going to hold it over your head <sighs> forever. Sierra forgot to come and pick me up. When I was all... At least you were somewhere safe. (laughs) You were at your parents' house. Yeah, but you forgot me. Just didn't want to see Maggie that day, I guess. (laughs) A glare. (laughs) Anyways, we're going to wrap this up before it gets crazy. But speaking of glares, so I do this thing to Sierra where I'm like, you want to learn, you want to know the fact that I learned today? And every single time, she gets this look on her face like, holy fucking shit, what is it now? <laughs> um, I mean, that's pretty much, in general, like, you never know what's going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> I mean, I do, ha- I do say some pretty intriguing stuff. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I just, like, have to live my life, like, also, prepared for the unknown. The unknown, like, what human meat is called. Yeah, long pig. Long pig. What was the thing I told you the other day? Uh, oh, that antibiotics slow down the um, decomposition of a body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, is, that was a while ago. That was a while ago. That was pretty interesting, though. But now I need to know if probiotics speed it up. Yeah, I'll have to ask Google. Yep. All right, Sierra, close us out. All right, find us on Instagram, Facebook. Follow us, like our posts, share our posts with other people that you know or don't know, or those people just like that those random Facebook. Instagram people that like like your post every time you post something, and you're just like, I see you, so I'm gonna like every post that you post, and it's just like a common camaraderie between you and this random ass stranger on the internet. <laughs> Basically, um, my mom ha- says that there are like events where you like where people will post on a reply to a post on twitter and then all the people who also posted on it will follow all the people who posted on it that's a lot you know what i mean yeah that's a lot so like it's to help well obviously she's a writer but like to help writers get followers so that Mm. people be like oh they have a, a base of people that they can reach out to and stuff yeah so um anyway do that all the things um paranormal podcast and uh, after or whenever our episodes come out, we, we Emily usually posts the pictures from um, the case on there. So you can find those on there. And they're also on the blog, mm-hmm. which is paranormalpodcast.com, um, with all of our sources. Like I said earlier, mm-hmm. um, there's also resources for you on there. And they, um, because mental health is so, so important. Racial, racial justice is so, so important. Um, so there are so many things on there that are not directly connected to us. Mm-hmm. So like, if you need help, if you know someone that's struggling, it is not tied to us. So we don't know if you go on it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just there so that it's on hand for you guys. 
Um, because again, mental health is really important. I'm in therapy. It's strongly recommend everyone goes to therapy <laughs> because everybody's a little fucked up. Oh, that's um, okay. And that is totally fine. It's totally fine to uh, admit that you need help or that you would like to talk to somebody. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's just really important. If you'd like to contact us, you can contact us through the blog or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com or you can send us regular mail you know, with the stamp and everything. Which would make me so fucking happy because <laughs> I fucking love mail. So you can send that to Paranormal Podcast, P.O. Box 1416, Monroe, North Carolina, 28111. Here's my line, and that's three ones. <laughs> yep. So, also, um, if you want to become a Patreon donor, donor, donator, one of those things, Patreon, ParanormalPodcast.com, um, <laughs> not dot .com. Patreon slash Paranormal Podcast. I'll get there eventually. And if you can't share, uh, if you cannot donate monetarily, you can always do it just by sharing. Um, you know, you know how I always say. Yep, that's the best way to support us because I know that people be broke. So a bitch, no, same. No judgment there. Same fucking same. Hard fucking same, my dude. All right. Well, we will be back next week. Goodbye. Bye.